Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! What's going on, guys, and welcome back to WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, June 23rd, 2022. I'm Graham G.S. and Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well and having a great week so far. we got an exclusive interview here today with NXT superstar Joe Gacy from a few weeks ago, right before TakeOver. Or it's no longer TakeOver, but before the In Your House match with Braun Breaker for the NXT Championship. So it's from earlier on in the month. The article went up a few weeks ago on DailyDDT.com and in video form also on the channel YouTube.com backslash WrestleRant. But we're going to air the interview here today ahead of my conversation with Mr. Marceau, breaking down all the latest in the world of wrestling between Raw, the Vince McMahon story, and Forbidden Door predictions at the very end. New episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single Thursday right here on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Google Podcast. We're on Pandora, Amazon Music, rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show, and never miss an episode every single Thursday. Next week and the week after, the current plan is to next week air my interview with the United States Champion Theory, who I'm talking to next Thursday, actually. Uh, The interview goes up in video form and in uh, article form on Bleach Report on Friday, right before Money in the Bank. That could change, but the current plan is to talk to Theory next Thursday morning. So we'll be airing that interview next week here on the show, and then the week after that, ahead of A&E's return of Biography WWE Legends, we're talking to The Undertaker, which I think I heard the interview here on the show a couple of months ago coming out of WrestleMania. We got another interview with The Undertaker already in the can from earlier this week that we'll be here on the show in two weeks' time, and that's going to be dropping first, actually, on the YouTube channel in video format, youtube.com backslash WrestleRant, like I said earlier. And an article form on Bleach Report on Tuesday as well. So, lot to look forward to. But right now we're speaking to the NXT superstar himself, Joe Gacy, about all things NXT, his transformation, and your house, and so much more. What's going on, guys? Graham, Jesus, and Matthews here with Fanside at DailyDDT.com. And ahead of Saturday's NXT In Your House event, live on Peacock, June 4th, 8 p.m., we're talking one half of the main event for the NXT Championship, the challenger, Joe Gacy himself, going for the gold on Saturday night. Joe, what's going on, man? Thanks for taking the time today. I appreciate it. Oh, not a problem. Thank you for having me. Very excited. Absolutely, man. This is a big match. Obviously, the rematch from spring break in a couple of weeks ago. Very different matchup. One stipulation I forgot to mention is that if Braun gets himself disqualified, he will lose the NXT championship. And it's not often the championship changes hands in WWE by disqualification, but it is an option on Saturday. What can we look forward to this matchup from you and Braun kind of compared to the original encounter at spring break in a couple of weeks ago? Well, just like you said, uh, it's very not normal for a champion to lose the title in a disqualification. Uh, that is a hundred percent very possible to happen this Saturday. And as you can tell, Braun Breaker's having a little difficulty controlling the anger. So I'm sure that could play into that as well. No stranger in going for gold, obviously contended for the Cruiserweight Championship at one of NXT's previous live specials at War Games. Like I said, challenging for the NXT Championship at Spring Break and as well. You kind of alluded to it a little bit on TV. What is your ultimate goal? If you become NXT Champion on Saturday, if and when that happens, what can we expect? I mean, obviously it's too early to say, I guess, as of now, as of Thursday, June 2nd. But if it happens on Saturday, what can we expect from Joe Gacy as the NXT Champion? If, if anything, it might be unpredictable. It could be unpredictable, but I mean, the ultimate goal for me is to spread the message that I've been attempting to spread since I got here in NXT. Um, And I guess having the NXT championship would just put me on a higher pedestal to be able to deliver that message. And this is a very different Joe Gacy than the Joe Gacy we saw coming to WWE a year ago as part of the NXT breakout tournament. You're looking like a million bucks, dude. I mean, a totally different person. If you went by a different name, we probably wouldn't even know it was the same guy. Can you talk a little bit about like the turning point for the Joe Gacy of 2022 compared to the Joe Gacy that we saw signed to WWE a year ago? And NXT itself has gone through a lot of changes 
as well. So you've kind of evolved with the times. Can you talk a little bit about that transformation from when you signed a WWE a year ago to who you are today? Sure. I mean, coming into WWE, as you said, I looked different. I acted different. I had longer hair that was a little straggly, I guess you could say. Uh, uh, I think over the the last couple of months or over the last couple of year, or sorry, the last year, I think I kind of just put myself together a little bit more. Uh, I wasn't used to, you know, the lifestyle as a WWE superstar coming in. It was all brand new to me. And I was just, you know, a fish in the ocean trying to find my way. Um, and I think I found a way that works for me. So I thought, you know, why not have a fresh start? get a haircut, cut my beard, uh, maybe get some new clothes and uh, try to go for it that way. Your appearance is a little bit different, but your in-ring style is exactly the same as far as how you can go in the ring. And I think kind of people forget about that at this point because we don't see you in the ring all that often, which is a good thing because it makes it more of like an attraction type thing, which is what mm-hmm. we're going to see on Saturday. But can you talk about, like I said, the, the, the stuff in the ring is exactly the same, which is great. I think people kind of underrate what you can do when that bell rings, which is why I think this could be a really good match on Saturday. Who have been some of your, if any, like inspirations as far as uh, some of the promos you've cut, what we've heard you say on TV, kind of your appearance, was that all just kind of organic or did you kind of look to any one, two or people, you know, whether it be wrestling related or not from the past to kind of help you with that transformation? Um, I mean, in a way it's organic. I'll be honest. I've never had the opportunity to talk this much on a microphone, let alone TV. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, for me coming up, uh, growing up watching WWE, since I was a kid, I grew up watching guys like Mick Foley. I was obsessed with Mick Foley. Um, so a lot of, you know, the promos and things that he has done over the years is something that I looked up to. Um, I think in ring, I grew up idolizing guys like William Regal and Triple H. Um, so I don't know if that comes across uh, the same or not, not to put myself up on any kind of uh, level that they're on. Uh, but Uh, Those are the kind of guys that, you know, I came up watching and I would say, I guess, adapted any of my in-ring style close to that. I don't know how close, but Mm -hmm. that's the type of stuff that, you know, that I love is watching guys like them. Were you able to get any pointers from them? I know Regal's not here anymore, but before he left, were you able to get any, you know, kind of pick his brain a little bit in Triple H as well? I mean, having him as a boss, it's got to be surreal even a year later. So any tips you've learned from them over the last year, if anyone else at the uh, Performance Center as well? Absolutely. I mean, everyone here has been great at the Performance Center. Uh, William Regal has taught me tons. Uh, I've also learned so much from guys like Terry Taylor, Fit Finley. um, And, you know, Fit Finley has that same style that I guess you could say uh, I'm kind of obsessed with. Um, So all those guys, you know, tweaked things that I kind of already did or thought I knew and made it better. So uh, I guess slow evolution made me what I am today. Yeah, no, a little bit of shades of all the people that you mentioned. And now that you mentioned that, I can kind of see a little bit of like, especially William Regal. I mean, he's one of my all-time favorites. So I can certainly kind of see that with your in-ring style and how that kind of comes across and the menacing style of promo that we've seen more from you in the last couple of months as well, which is cool. But like I said, you can kind of cover it all from the in-ring work. We've seen you cut the promos on Braun the last couple of weeks on TV. Drawing similarities. I mean, obviously, Braun Breaker, son of the Steiners, been involved with a lot of similar stuff in WCW with some of the spooky stuff that we've seen. Was that ever a factor to you? I mean, obviously, there's stuff beyond your control. But like, can you see the similarities there a little bit? And has that played any sort of inspiration in the buildup to this match on Saturday? Um. I don't know. I don't know so much. Um, I don't know. I think the match Saturday has been more of uh, an opportunity. Like over the last couple of weeks, I've had the opportunity, I guess, to express myself a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've never really had a platform like this to be able to do that. Anyone that has known me from the past, uh, I kind of, you know, had to introduce all of myself at once. So being here, being able to really, use my mind uh, instead of always focusing on physicality um, has been um, a good thing. So it's been giving me a chance to be maybe a little bit more creative than I have. So putting a lot of ideas out there, kind of, I don't know, tweaking this and that kind of made what you guys are seeing now. 
Yeah, I mean, we've seen a lot of tweaks. Like I said, even from a year ago from the breakout tournament, but even from this side of Joe Gacy that we've gotten since the beginning of NXT 2.0, you were quite the topic of conversation when NXT first got started, like canceling and stuff like that. I mean, what kind of went into that as far as like your reaction to it? Are you thinking after that sort of stuff happens, making headlines in either a good or bad way? I mean, people are talking regardless around the time that NXT started, but which is certainly a, a feat in and of itself. Like what kind of tweaks are you making and be like, all right, they like this or they don't like this. So let's do more of that. Like what kind of with you anyway, what kind of like what was kind of going through your mind at that point? Oh, I mean, being so being out there right away and going from a long haired guy wearing trunks to a guy that short hair, gray button up uh, and gets a whole amount of time to be able to talk on the microphone. Um, I don't know if so much uh, I would say that would be the only tweak that, you know, came about was me changing my appearance. Mm-hmm. Um being out there and hearing how people reacted to what I said, or even, you know, reading about it, reading uh, news articles and headlines about, you know, what I said. Um, I honestly love it. Um, I think it was a a great thing. Uh, Everyone kind of noticed me just for things I said, rather than what I actually did in the ring that night. I bet a lot of people don't even remember that I had a match after I first appeared and talked on the microphone. Um, so I, I love it. I love every moment of it. Um, I think everyone is kind of intrigued. So I like to continue that and see where it goes. And it's gotten you to where you are today in the main event of In Your House on Saturday for the championship. Last two questions for you. You mentioned the matches. Do you have any one favorite match that you've had so far? I thought the match with Roddy was great. The first Braun match was very good as well. Any one favorite match or memory stand out to you so far in NXT? I mean, they've all been great. Uh, I would say oh, hard to choose. Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, my first match with Braun, it was my first NXT championship match, uh, first main event. Uh, I, I have to say that was, you know, at this point, my favorite moment. Uh, ask me again after Saturday, and I'm sure I'll have a different answer for you. Exactly. And coming out of Saturday, there's a whole variety of people you can face. As the NXT champion, if you come, if you come away victorious from that matchup, is there anyone you want to face specifically? I know you're all about spreading your message. You talked a little bit about that. That's obviously first and foremost. If there's a match you want to have, though, obviously as the champion, you get to kind of pick your challengers a little bit. Is there anyone that you're intrigued to face at some point, whether it be someone that you have history with from before you arrived in WWE or someone on the roster you have unfinished business with? Any one name stand out to you at all? I mean, so many guys here I would love to be able to get in the ring with. Um, if anyone, I do have a little bit of a history with Wes Lee. Um, I wouldn't mind doing that, but I also wouldn't mind getting in the ring with Solo. Um, I think me and him have very similar styles, and I really don't know what would happen there. So I'm a little curious. Yeah, no, a variety of different matches you can have with a variety of opponents on the NXT roster, which is great. But we first got you and Braun on Saturday for the NXT Championship. NXT in your house, live on Peacock, 8 p.m. Eastern time. You and Braun, NXT title, we're all looking forward to it. Joe, thanks so much for the time, man. Appreciate it. And congrats on all the success over the last year. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. Big thanks to Joe for the time. And as I mentioned earlier, obviously that was recorded back on June 2nd, my birthday, actually. Uh, three weeks ago, right before In Your House. So check out the article form of that interview right now on DailyDDT.com and in the video form over on my YouTube channel, YouTube.com backslash WrestleRant. But now we got a loaded conversation with Mr. Marceau catching up on everything that's happened in the world of wrestling in the last week from the Vince McMahon controversy, raw highlights, and predictions for AEW New Japan's Forbidden Door pay-per-view on Sunday. Mr. Marceau, brother, how you doing? Doing well, Jason. How are you? Doing well. I'm looking forward to Forbidden Door on Sunday. The build has been very rust from what I can, you know, kind of just tell you right now before we really deep dive into it. But feels like we didn't really have a chance to talk about AW last week before we got into all the uh, all the other stuff concerning everything else going on in WWE in the last seven days. And the funny thing is, for as much as we discussed last week between Jeff Hardy and Raw and some NXT thoughts and stuff like that, Paige leaving WWE, that was like literally 12 hours or not even mere hours before the shit hit the fan with the Vince McMahon story. And uh, what else happened last Wednesday? Oh, the news that Sasha Banks might officially be done with WWE. So again, it continues the streak of us recording. And then as soon as we're done recording, uh, something big happening in the world of wrestling. 
Yeah, so hopefully once we stop recording here, we'll get some actual good news. I might have to call you back in a few hours to get you. Yeah, yeah, good news, hopefully. We'll see. It's usually bad news. Yeah, it's always bad news. It's never good news. <laughs> it's always bad news. So. It's always controversies or releases. But let's get right into it off the bat. I went kind of uh, in-depth about this already on multiple other platforms. So I just want to kind of get your thoughts on it. And I'm honestly, to an extent, I'm glad we did wait because... I, I When I put the show together last Thursday, because we recorded on Wednesday, when I put it up on Thursday, I added a quick note about the Vince stuff because it had broke the night before. We didn't really know much about it at that point beyond what was said in that Wall Street Journal article. Um, and we just got done talking about it very briefly here before we hit the record button. But basically, the general gist of the situation is this, is that the, he allegedly had an affair, which I don't think he's denying or anything. I think that probably actually happened. I'm not denying that at all. Um, it seems like that actually happened. And there was an NDA signed, and a lot of hush, uh, hush money payment was uh, it was what it was referred to as a $3 million dished out to this former employee of someone who used to work there, um, a female that he allegedly had an affair with. All right, I mean, it happens. I mean, not that that's ideal, whatever. But there are obviously other NDAs out that they're investigating, and I guess they're just making sure that it didn't come from the company money. It was Vince's own money, it was own, his own you know, account that the money was drawn from to uh, issue these hush money payments, so to speak. And what could these NDAs be about? I mean, is it other affairs? Was it consensual? Was it not consensual? I mean, there's a lot of questions right now. And in the interim, until this whole thing is solved, and John Laurinaitis was involved in it as well, uh, per the article, uh, the woman was passed down to John Laurinaitis like a toy, is what it said in the article, which is just fucking gross. Um, but he stepped down, he was replaced temporarily as the head of talent relations by Bruce Pritchard, and for Vince, he stepped down willingly as the CEO and chairman of WWE, and has been since replaced as the with the interim chairman CEO, that being Stephanie McMahon, who just recently stepped back from her duties about a month ago, so... A lot of drama going on right now in the McMahon family. What's your take on all of it as of now? Yeah, I mean, crazy drama going on. Like you said, I think it's more based. I mean, I think it's pretty well known at this point. Like there, there was a relationship there with Vince and, and this woman. Clearly, paid her off. There's NDA signed, whatever. I think the pro, I think obviously what what they're really looking at is that now that they're not private and publicly traded, that he used company money to give her a raise, basically to. Uh, maybe the raids more of a since they were personally interacting. I mean, the three million dollar thing that was like out of his own money. So, I mean, the company wouldn't really have any credence on that one. It's more that since they're publicly traded now, the extra money he gave her with the money is like taking money away from the company. So, I mean, <laughs> I would say he seems guilty of that if that's like what happened. I mean, if you took extra money to pay this woman off because they're in an intimate relationship, I mean wasn't performance-based, obviously, so I'm interested to see what happens. Um, I mean, I think Johnny Ace is toast, and we'll see what happens, but I'm glad Ste- I think them putting Stephanie at the helm, I mean, I feel like I'm a McMahon has to be in charge, so putting her at the top, it would make sense. Yeah, I mean, it's still a McMahon. It's not Nick Khan quite yet. Uh, how do you see this playing out as far as do you see the allegations getting worse or the situation getting worse before it gets better? Um, do you see a scenario where Vince is found guilty of more than what he's been accused of right now and he does indeed have to step down entirely? I mean, it is worth noting, I forgot to mention this before you started talking, but he's still in charge of creative, so it's not like the product is going to drastically change. Vince is still very much there. He, he appeared on both SmackDown and Raw in the last week, which I'll get to in a moment. Um, but do you see a scenario where this doesn't end well for Vince and he might have to step down and, you know, completely? Um, we'll see. I mean, I think if anything, I'll have to step down as like the head, like you said, like the CEO and COO, whatever the other title that he had. Best creative. I mean, I, I don't think that will affect that that position, but I guess we'll see what happens if more and more stuff comes out. But I think at this point, I think maybe step down as like the CEO and COO, but he'll still be part of creative, unfortunately. I think five law firms or something like that are investigating the thing. So I guess we'll find out hopefully soon what the, uh, End results bring. I think, if anything, as other people have said, this isn't exactly a bold opinion, but if anything, I feel like it's going to be John Laurinaitis taking the fall here, and he's probably going to be gone like Mark Carano was fired last year, and that's really all that's going to change. And he's just going to be replaced by Bruce Pritchard anyway. So, again, just another Vince Yes Man that's not going to change anything. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think Johnny Ace is, I, I mean, I, from what I've heard, he's worse. So, I, I'd rather Bruce be there than, than Johnny. So, I think, like you said, he'll probably be the the guy that takes on the chin and then Vince will skate on. 
your thoughts on Vince appearing on both SmackDown and Raw this past week? And with the Raw one, it was unadvertised. It was still a fucking waste of time. The SmackDown one, it's like... They hyped it up all day. They even got a mention of it on CNN when they were breaking down the Vince case. And then he shows up, says absolutely nothing of note, addresses the crowd, and just the cheap way to pop a rating. I mean, can he just sit back and just stay quiet until this whole thing is resolved? Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Um, no issues. I mean, I think right when I saw it, I mean, I don't think he was going to go out there and say anything of note. But then what he went out and said was just kind of dumb. Um, I mean, clearly SmackDown alone was a, a rating draw. I mean, they like you said, they pumped it up all day. The Raw one was just, I don't even know what the Raw one was. I guess, I guess a little bit more context than when he said it on SmackDown, but regardless, it was still a waste of time, both of them. Yeah, it was just, I, I just, it, it doesn't get old to me that they just have the, I mean, I say they, but it really is Vince, has the gall to go out there in the midst of all the allegations and just waste time. I mean, he just, I think he knows that he's probably, He's not untouchable, but he thinks he's untouchable, and this whole thing is going to go in his favor, which it very well might. It very well might, because he thinks or knows that he did nothing wrong. Who knows? But to just to gloat about it by being on TV and wasting everyone's time, to me, <clears throat> as a viewer, it does nothing for me, and it just bothers me more than anything. So we'll see how it plays out. But right now, it's a very, it's a very big story, dude. I mean, it was all over the news in the last five, six days, and it's all that anyone's been talking about. So I don't know when the results might be found or how long this investigation is going to be going on for, but at least it's something they're taking seriously and it wasn't something forgotten about, which I honestly thought it might be by Thursday or Friday. I mean, there's been some pretty serious repercussions as far as him stepping down, if only temporarily, which I don't think has ever happened before in the last 30, 40 years. I could be wrong, but it's a pretty big deal. I mean, um, he almost had, I don't know what happened during the Star Wars trial. I was going to say, I was thinking about that too. Did he step down to that? But I don't remember from the dark side of the ring or not. I know they brought Jerry Jarrett in because yes. Vince went to jail, but mm-hmm. besides that, I don't know what happened. I was going to say, I remember that being said where Jerry Jarrett was, I mean, they honestly, I think they expected a possibility of future where, I mean, he's in, he's in a lot of jeopardy right now, but he was in some serious jeopardy back then as well where they thought there was a chance that he can go to jail, and if he did, because it wasn't very likely that he was going to win that case and Jerry McDevitt got the case won for them, but... Um, yeah, if he went behind bars, then Jerry Jarrett would have taken over. So I, I don't know if he stepped down at that point. That's a good question. Cause I was wondering that same thing and I was wondering if anyone can answer that, but, uh, we'll see how this plays out. And, uh, I don't know. It might have to get worse before it gets better, but time will tell. Speaking of SmackDown though, it was on that same show. It was a newsworthy night, probably not for the best reasons between the Vince stuff and what happened here. But Roman and Riddle had a great match for the WWE undisputed universal championship. Obviously Roman wins, retains the title. Uh, very good match. That was not the end of the show, though. Roman gets on the mic and says there's nobody left. And quite honestly, usually Wrestling 101 would tell you, oh, someone's going to come out. And someone did come out. But I didn't get my hopes up thinking like, all right, like you and I, we went to Survivor Series. We thought The Rock might come out. No one came out. WrestleMania, we thought someone might come out after Roman won. No one came out. Raw, SmackDown that week, no one interrupted. I'm thinking, okay, they're probably just going to have Roman show up, retain the title, and then leave again until they have another opponent in time for SummerSlam. We found out earlier in the show, per Riddle's promo, that Orton, after we discussed this last week, is very likely out for the foreseeable future, if not for the rest of the month. Um, so he's going to be out, or for the rest of the year, rather. Not, not even the rest of the month, with a back operation, serious back injury, which Riddle already alluded to a few weeks ago. So the planned main event for SummerSlam of Roman and Orton is off. And instead, we're getting Roman and Brock for the upteen time for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship in a last-man-standing match. Now, this could change between now and them, with Rollins being added either ahead of time or in the midst of the match. If that was the plan, and they already knew Rollins was going to be money the bank by the time they announced this match on Friday, I'm not really sure why they would announce it as a last-man-standing match if it's going to become a triple threat, which tells me they probably have no plans of doing that. Um, Roman and Brock has been done to death. I just It's impossible for me to care at this point, but for them, they probably see it as a draw, and I guess it is, uh, more so than a triple threat, and that's why they're doing it one-on-one. So uh, I am no fan of this at all, and it's not even the case of, oh, they don't have anyone else. I mean, you have Bobby, you have AJ Styles, or they bother to build them up more, among a few other people. I just don't think doing another Brock and Roman matchup for, again, the millionth time, especially after they wrapped up their feud the way they did at WrestleMania, is the answer right now. Yeah, I mean, I was pretty upset. I mean, I, like, popped for a second because I, like, was going nuts for <laughs> yeah. Brock. But then I, like, put two and two together, and I was like, shit. I mean, I, I like, they've had, like, decent matches together, but like you said, I just, I don't 
know. It's just like, it just screams, which it is. I mean, it doesn't scream. It is. It's just like, I think with like your, you mentioned Bobby, which I, I completely agree. But honestly, with how like they're dealing with like the two, cha- like basically Roman not being around, I honestly feel like they're going to put the U.S. title on Bobby and he'll kind of be like the main champion on Raw when, since Roman's never around. Which, I mean, if you're going to have a main champion on a show, I feel like Bobby would be the perfect person if he's like kind of holding up the show. I don't hate that aspect, but I feel like that's why they didn't include him because I feel like they have him as like the Intercontinental Champion he'll, or U.S. Champion and he'll be like the main champion on Raw if since Roman's never around. But I don't know. I think anyone, I like Brock, but I mean. Like you said, I think you could have put anyone else in that. I think people would have cared. It's just they've done so many matches. The match at WrestleMania was basically a culmination that we all thought would be the culmination of like this main feud. But fortunately, Randy's out. I honestly would have saved Riddle. I would have just done Riddle. Yeah, I agree. Even that would have been better. Like I think the match on SmackDown was good. I think it was hurt by the commercials. I think if you built it up even more, like maybe you got even a more serious side of Riddle leading into SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would have honestly, like at that point, honestly, wouldn't even mind putting a belt on him. I, I, I think the two belts of Roman, if he was around, fine. Him not being around has really hurt SmackDown more than Raw, and I just, I don't know. I just feel like him not being there has been killing SmackDown a lot, and I also don't think the booking. I mean, we get the same fucking four matches every week, but yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I would have just done him and Riddle. Like I said, if do it for one of the belts, just to get one of the belts off Roman. But maybe they want Drew to beat him at the next show. I, I really don't know. But him being double champion and not being on the show has really hurt both shows, specifically SmackDown. But then it also begs the question, dude, what do you do? Like, what happens here? I mean, does Roman beat Brock again? I mean, I know it's last man standing, so he's not going to pin him. But are you really going to have Brock lose again? He already lost to Roman twice in recent like months. I mean, he beat him at Crown Jewel, and then he beat him again at WrestleMania. And then he also lost to Bobby at the Royal Rumble, so... He's lost three times in the last year. Do you really think they would have Brock lose again? And that also begs the question, if they have Brock win, is Brock the one to take the, the both belts or one of the belts or whatever from Roman? I really don't want Roman to lose at all until Cody Rhodes comes back. But that might be that might be a distant memory at this point because it's not for another several months and they still have another you know many months to go until Cody Rhodes comes back. And you have Drew waiting in the wings, probably a Clash of the Castle. What happens with that match? Do we get Brock and Drew at Clash of the Castle? Instead of Roman and Drew, um, do you put the belt right back on Roman? Is it a short reign? I mean, how do you think this is going to go down, and does it change between now and then? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, that's really interesting. I mean, fuck, now that you said that, it's like, honestly, now that you say it, I feel like they're going to put the belt on Brock, and then you have Drew beat him at Clash of Castle, whatever the fuck it's called, because then Drew would get that big win against Brock in front of a crowd. Exactly. At WrestleMania. I don't know. I honestly, now looking back at it, if they knew Roman was going to leave, they're just idiots for keeping both belts on. Like, I don't know why they put both belts on him at that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just dumb. Uh, I, unless there was something that, like, last minute changed. I mean, besides that, it's just been an awful decision. I love Roman, but, I mean, I can't bitch about Brock and be like, oh, he needs to be on the show and then let Roman skate. So, they really need to take at least one of the belts off him, specifically the SmackDown one. Because I feel like that show is hindering. I mean, now that they have Gunther with the Intercontinental Champion, maybe they'll push him more as like a top guy, and he'll kind of take over, like I said, like that Bobby role if he wins the United States Championship, like as the main champion on the show. But I don't know. I I think they need to they need to go change course because it's just not working. I mean, Rollins has been really pushing in the last week alone that he's winning Money in the Bank and he very likely plans to cash in at SummerSlam. He's a heel still. I would have turned him face. But if he's a heel, I don't see him announcing ahead of time, which honestly I would have done. If this was me and Cody Rhodes is out, I would have turned Rollins face a few weeks ago. Even if Brock didn't come back, I would still have turned Rollins face. I already said this. but And then if he was going to win Money in the Bank, which I don't hate, I mean, I'd rather someone newer win it because that's... The Rumble being won by an established star... Like, Brock winning this year was fucking dumb, but, you know, whatever. Money in the Bank, to me, really should be won by someone who hasn't been world champion before, someone they intend on pushing, like a Theory or a Gunther or someone like that. Um, Not Rollins, but, you know, it does present a lot of interesting storyline possibilities, so I don't hate the idea of him winning. But if he was a babyface, you could announce it in advance. I think the whole surprise cash-in shit has just gotten old, especially in recent years, like... 
when the Miz did it, it was fucking dumb because he was a joke at that point. Uh, Braun, I guess, didn't do a surprise cash in, but that was a fucking fail. Brock doing it, no one gave a shit. Um, you know, Corbin was just fucked up in the last couple of years. So the 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 concept in the last couple of years has been fucked up. Um, I I don't know what do you, do you put the belts on Rollins and yeah, it's better than Brock, but it's like. I mean, do you do the exact same thing you did at WrestleMania 31? I'm, I don't know. Do you have Rollins cash in and then Roman retains this time by pinning Rollins? I mean, I could see that happening, I guess. But then again, it's a last man standing match, so that's what really throws me off here. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know at this point. I, I, I just, like you said, the whole the double belt thing is what really at the end of the day, like you said. So what do you have for Seth win again? Like honestly, I wouldn't hate it. I just feel like Seth's not the one to beat Roman. It's like, but then is he going to beat Brock? Like, you can have him beat Brock, uh, but then Brock's lost a shit ton lately. Like, that's the only thing I could see them doing is, like, they don't want Roman to lose the belts. They want to get the belts off him. So you have Rollins go in and beat Brock. But then, like I said, but then Brock's been eating so many pins lately. Like, eventually it's just going to, like, he needs to beat someone. Like, Christ almighty, I couldn't even tell the last time he won a match. Mm -hmm. He won Elimination Chamber. I mean, that's, that's what I... Oh, yeah, let me just chamber, I forgot. That's what I would do. I would have, if... if With well, the situation that we're giving, because I can't change the situation that we're in, but I would go with the situation that we have, I'd have Rollins cash in, beat Brock, so Roman didn't lose, then you have Seth be the champion, but the thing is, then what do you do with Drew? See, like, that's the fucking... Oh, my fucking God. I know. Um, Cody who? Um, like yeah. honestly, like to me, this is my ranking. I would prefer Cody be the one to take the not even take the Universal title or the, people are saying the WWE title because that's the one that Dusty wanted or whatever. I mean, I guess, but the Universal title is the one that, that Roman has held for like almost two years now. So that to me means more than anything than the fucking WWE title. How, Co- how about that? How about you have no? Hey, hey, well, I mean, I'm not totally against him. I like I don't care if he beats Roman or whatever. Honestly, I feel like the way they could do it that would make sense. You have. Seth win the belt, goes the Clash of Castle, whatever the fucking dumb name of the show is. The name's not that bad, I don't think. It's stupid. (laughs) You have Drew beat him for the Universal Championship. Rollins holds the fucking WWE Championship through to to WrestleMania. You have Cody win the Rumble. You do Seth and Cody at WrestleMania. Cody wins the belt. And then you have Roman and Drew, or something with Roman. Roman's still on SmackDown, so you get the belts off two people, get two belts off one person, and then that's the direction you go. And you have Drew be the champion on SmackDown, you have Seth be the champion on Raw. And then you lead to Cody coming back, wins the Rumble, goes to WrestleMania, beats Seth for the WWE Championship. Yeah. I mean, no. the way the story is, I mean... No, no, I agree. Up, no, no, it's not like, yeah, no, you're making the most of a bad situation. Yeah, exactly. That's no, it's, the best. I mean, get the belts off two people. Get the two belts off one person's the first issue. Yes, I I do think though. I don't know. I just to me, I really do think that Cody or at least Drew, because I was gonna say Cody to me would be number one, then Drew, then Rollins, then Brock. As far as the people, I would have beat Roman. Yeah, Rollins, but he's not beating Roman. He's beating Seth. He's beating Brock. Who? Technically, the triple threat, he could beat Brock and still win the championship. Roman could lose the I know, that's the thing. I don't want... I like Rollins, but it's like... I just think whoever beats Roman... We've talked about this before. Someone's got a benefit. I mean, they have... If they, if they have fucking Rollins do it after two years, and Rollins is already a four-time champion, I'm like, why? It's better than Brock, but it's like... I mean, at least Drew has never beaten Roman before. I mean, if you have Rollins do it... We've, we already saw this seven years ago. I don't know. I feel like if you do, have you have at least if you have Drew do it, it's like okay, he's never beaten Roman. It's not ideal. We talked about it before, but listen, it's better to me. It's better than Rollins. Cody is the one I would wait for, and him getting injured really fucks things up because I think they probably would have pushed that match forward to SummerSlam, maybe if he wasn't hurt and Orton wasn't hurt. I think Orton and Roman would have been the perfect match, but I mean that's not the company's fault. He just got hurt. I I don't know. Like, does he? The thing is, I want. Oh my god, this is so fucked up. Like. You have the two titles. I do think the two titles should be broken up at this point if you're going to keep the titles on one guy that's never there. And yeah, Roman's on the Brock schedule, but Brock would also never wrestle on SmackDown. So why would you have Roman defend the titles on SmackDown but not Money in the Bank? That, to me, first of all, makes no sense. But I just, I don't know. How do you get from point A to point B as far as breaking up the titles? And to me, the real 
drawing point is someone beating Roman for the championships one-on-one. I mean, I think he can't hold the titles for this long and then not even be pinned for him. I feel like that's an absolute waste to me. Um, And then as far as the Cody and Rollins stuff, I think he mapped it out well and it makes sense, but I'm done with the Cody and Rollins stuff. I think obviously when Cody comes back, he, I, to me, as other people have said, he should eliminate Rollins from the Royal Rumble. I think to do another match, it's like they already had fucking three matches. What, is he going to beat him for a fourth time to win the title? That's that's another issue you're running with. It's not your fault, but it's like the company has put themselves, they back themselves into a corner without thinking these things through. So creatively, there's no one outcome that makes any sense at all. I feel like we're in for an absolute mess come SummerSlam. Yeah, but then I also think, so you're saying don't, you have Cody, but the thing is, if you had... This is, see, like, this is when they put themselves in a fucking <laughs> pretzel here. The thing is, like, you're saying, you're like, okay, then Seth, you have Cody eliminate Seth, but if, when he comes back, but if Seth did what everyone wanted him to do, like, shake Cody's hand and go babyface, it wouldn't make sense at that point. He's not going to, though. Yeah, but, like, people were complaining, like, oh, they should have turned Seth. Like, yeah. he should have shook Cody's hand, Cody went away, and then they turned him babyface, which yeah. they didn't. He attacked Cody, so it's like... If he didn't do did do what you thought he was gonna do, then him eliminating Cody wouldn't make no sense. Well, like, I, I wouldn't like, do that then. I would do something. Yeah, else. exactly. But like, like that's you said, fine. So many fucking problems right now. So we're trying to book a fucking mess, and it's a mess. <laughs> God, Dude. I don't know. I don't, like I said, I think the first thing that needs to happen is you gotta take both belts off Roman. I mean, Cody obviously would be the one to do it, but like, I, I can't wait till fucking January at this point. Ah, so I, yeah, I don't know. Handle it at this point. I don't know. The, the one title thing was a really bad idea. I think in theory, you know, you could have one champion because the roster is so depleted right now. That's actually not a bad idea, but that one champion is never on the show. Like, Friday marked Roman's first appearance in like a month. So, I don't know. And listen, good for Roman. He deserves it. But to put bo- to have him with one title is one thing. To have both titles is ridiculous. And your top championship is a mid-card title that hasn't meant anything in years in the United States Championship, or even worse, the Intercontinental Championship. I mean, Bobby winning it would be fine, but it's just an absolute mess right now. A quick note, though, we talked a little bit about this a week or two ago. Would you have, I mean, you mentioned Bobby winning the U.S. Championship. Seeing as back on Raw this week, do you have Bobby win the title from Theory and Money in the Bank, which is now official, to set up Theory and Cena for SummerSlam? It seems like they might be going in that direction with how heavily they've been teasing it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it needs to be for the title, so, I mean, like I said, I think they should put the belt on Bobby to be, like, the main champion on Raw if they're not going to have the main champion on Raw, I think, obviously. We think he should go for the main title if he's not going to, I might as well just put on the United States belt on him, and, I guess, take, like, consider as the main champion as of now, so, I don't hate that idea. Cena, in theory, I don't think it needs a title, I feel like they're just, like, the thing with them is, like, Theory feels like a young John Cena, so it's, like, kind of like the perfect story there. Like, you don't need a belt on the line for it. And, like I said, then you have Bobby go in a different direction. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's what I would do. I think that's, like, a good match for Cena. Doesn't need a belt on the line, and then in Theory would be, like, the perfect opponent for him. You think Theory tries to embarrass him on Monday, and that's what leads to Cena costing him the championship at the pay-per-view? Yes. Yeah, I think that would make the most sense. Uh, speaking of Raw... On Raw this week, we found out at the beginning of the show, Rhea Ripley is her. Another injury, yet another injury, this time a top female performer on the Raw brand that was scheduled to contend for the Raw Women's Championship and Money in the Bank before she got hurt. So instead, it's going to be Carmelo, who won a fatal five-way on Raw to earn the opportunity to face Bianca Belair at Money in the Bank. Um, your thoughts on this? The injury sucks. Terrible timing. Hopefully she won't be out for long. Um, I mean, that's not the company's fault. The Carmella thing, listen, we we texted me about we texted about it. I completely agree. When she won, I, I turned to Alexis and I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding? Like she hasn't been on the show in like months." And then I like Carmella. She's just she's she's like in the Baron Corbin role at this point, where she's very good and she's very you know she's a very versatile performer. But she's been around for so long, and they've never really demonstrated any real effort to making her one of the top women on any show. So she's just kind of there at this point, and the gimmick's gotten old. She's not beating Bianca. But then again, you have the double-edged sword of like, okay, you have a two-week build for this pay-per-view. Are you really going to give away a bigger match for Bianca? Then it also begs the question, do you need a big build for like if you had Bianca face Alexa or if you had Bianca face Liv? Those are more appealing matches to me than fucking uh, Carmella versus Bianca, which we've already seen a lot over on SmackDown. So I I don't know how to feel about this. I mean, I I understand, but I guess there were, to me, there were better options. I wouldn't have done Dewdrop or Nikki Ash, but I do feel like Liv or Alexa would have been better. But then again, they are in the Money in the Bank women's ladder match. 
Yeah, I fucking groaned when fucking Carmelo won. I, like, but, so what I did, I groaned, and then, like, I stepped back and was like, you know what, if this means, like, no live or Alexa in the money in the bank, then fine, and then if, like, I feel like Oscar and Becky have their own thing, so, like, I don't want that to be fucked up either. I guess. I mean, like you said, it's better than Dewdrop or, or or Nick Yash. I mean, I think I she already beat Zelina as well, but I don't know. I just think it was like Carmella was off TV for basically since they lost those belts, and then she just pops up here and wins. I know it's filler, so it is what it is, but I don't know. It just that's what happens. Like I feel like she was just random, and they just thrusted her in there, and she's mm-hmm. just gonna lose, and then she'll go back to not being on TV. So. Uh, it's a, I guess it's best case scenario because I think Liv and Alexa have better things to do and same with Becky and and Oscar, but it just fucking sucks that Rhea got hurt. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, the timing was just terrible. And like I said, hopefully the injury's not too bad and she will be back soon. And maybe they could do it at SummerSlam, but we won't find out for a little while. I'm not even really sure what she was hurt with. I've been off Twitter for most of the week, so I, I don't. Know, maybe they reported it and I missed that. I don't know, but um, hopefully she's not out for too too long. Um, so that was a bummer going into Raw, but honestly, the highlight of the show for me, I don't know about anyone else, I fucking love the Elias, Ezekiel, Kevin Owens stuff. I mean, it's such a dumb storyline, I've said this before, but it's such a guilty pleasure of mine. They're making it work, they're finding ways to drag it out, I didn't think they could after Hell in a Cell, but they have. And I thought what they did on Monday with the split screen, and, and Ezekiel and Elias in the same place, and Owens calling them out on that, and then the concert, um, and then the backstage segment with Ezekiel... Man, I, I don't know. I really, I'm really enjoying this, and uh, the, <laughs> I forgot to text this, but the fact next week that they're doing Kevin Owens versus either Elias or Ezekiel, or because Owens mentioned it, their cousin Elrod just had me dying. I just think this whole thing is like the funniest. It's the dumbest thing, but I'm just, I'm enjoying every second of it. Yeah, it's definitely the dumbest storyline that's worked. I mean, at first I was so against the Ezekiel stuff, and what they've done has been amazing. Um, yeah, we'll see. Maybe Elrod will show up next week, so we really don't know. But uh, I thought this was great. I died at the split screen. The fake beard had me fucking dying laughing. <laughs> well, honestly, it looked realistic enough, though. It looked realistic enough, but, I mean, if you looked good enough, you're like, that's a fucking fake beard. But it was still <laughs> funny. I, I Like you said, I, I think this is good. I mean, Owens is the right person for this role, so... I think it's, I think it's like you said, guilty pleasure of mine. I fucking died laughing. It's got me all zeked up. <laughs> I can zeke up. <laughs> I'm dying. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do next week. It's going to run its course very soon, and I hope they don't put him in Money in the Bank. Kevin Owens would be a better fit for that match. So the match next week is not a qualifier for the pay-per-view. And, I mean, the pay-per-view's next weekend, so there's a chance they're not even on the pay-per-view, which would be a shame, uh, specifically Owens, because he's done great work all year. He belongs in that match, in my opinion. But um, so far, they have not announced another qualifier, and I think there's two spots left. Omos is in the match. I'm not a fan of that at all, personally. No, I, I can't stand, like, I don't know, specifically, like, maybe him because he's just so large. Like, I didn't even really hate, like, when Kane was in it because, like, he's bigger, but, like, when Big Show was in it, like, oh, he's a special ladder. He's, like, breaking the <laughs> rungs up and steps on it. It's just fucking dumb. And I feel like it's, like, the same case with Omos. Like, I mean, he's pushed heavily enough that he probably should be involved in the pay-per-view, but, like, he's not going to win. So it's, like... I don't know. He's just there. I mean, yeah, I I, don't, I didn't really care for Omos winning, but when they had him in Riddle, I was like, he's obviously winning. But I'm kind of against like Giants in the match. I think it's just dumb. Yeah, Riddle would be would have been a better option though. I mean, he's really over, and maybe he will find his way in there somehow. But I just was not a fan of that. Oscar beating Becky Lynch though, clean. I was a fan of. I thought that was well done. It was a good match, and the fact she won again clean was very surprising. Where does this leave Becky Lynch going into the pay-per-view? Does she qualify another way, or does her meltdowns continue until something has to give? I was going to ask you, but I guess you put me on the spot. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. I kind of like what they're doing with her. I mean, for her winning so like so much in the last three years, her like the way that they're building her up, like like you said, she's having tantrums and losing her confidence and keeps losing matches. So I feel like you just keep going that direction. I don't know really what the payoff is. I mean... I would, if anything, I would have her, I don't know, like, do you ever, like, try to qualify again, and, I don't know, like, Oscar cost her again, I hope not, it's just kind of tiresome at that point, but maybe she loses again and, like, has a great A meltdown, I really don't know, I really don't know what the payoff is here, so, I'm interested, though, and I guess we'll see what happens, but, um, 
Yeah, I, I really I like it, but I, I really don't know where it's going. I was going to ask you where do you think it's going. Well, I would cap off the Oscar stuff. I wouldn't go back to that Oscar. They've, they've had three matches now. Oscar won one of them. Becky won another, and uh, you know Oscar won the rubber match. So I wouldn't go back to that. Um, I honestly don't really know. I don't really know who else in the in the division. I'm thinking, okay, who else she can can she feud with for right now? Um, Rhea's a heel. Her to go back in her and Bianca anytime soon. I mean, maybe for SummerSlam, but. If she's been losing a lot, I'm not really sure how you explain that. Um, I would not put the briefcase on her if she does find her way into the match. She and Liv would be great, but they already did that a lot late last year. Um, For Alexa? That's a possibility. I don't know I mean, how they would kick off the feud. I'm sure they just run into each other backstage, but... I mean, it's a feud we've seen before, but not with Becky as the heel and Alexa as the, as the face, and it's a feud they yeah, haven't done in years. I think they right off the rip. Uh, that's how Becky lost her SmackDown's championship. Yeah, right? and that was five years ago. That was a long time ago. They haven't had many matches, if any matches, since then either. So, Yeah, know. I mean, I feel like... I'm trying to think. It would give Alexa something to do. So, I mean, they did have that small interaction. I'm trying to think it was. It was like a couple weeks ago when Becky... I think Bliss was coming out for her match with Liv to face Dewdrop and then for the qualifying. Oh, like, yes, I, you're right, yeah. So they do have that small interaction. Like, maybe like Becky doesn't get in somehow and, like... She costs Alexa the briefcase. I mean, or tries to cost Oscar and accidentally costs Alexa Bliss, and then you kind of go in that direction. I really don't know. Well, listen. But- well, they they brought that up, and the reason why they interacted on that show was because right before that, <clears throat> and they probably showed this for a reason, was because the last time she was in the match, Alexa Bliss won the briefcase. We we were there in Chicago four yeah. years ago. She we cost right, her yeah. the briefcase. So what if she, like you said, returns the favor by costing her the briefcase this time? And then you get her and. Becky at SummerSlam? I don't see why not. That sounds good to me, brother. I don't hate it. We just booked it. There you go. You're welcome, <laughs> The funny thing is that they, we probably have a better idea of what Becky's going to do next than the company themselves. They probably have no idea where this is going. I mean, based by like the interactions, I feel like it's kind of like they have no clue what's going on. <laughs> no, they have no idea. Like with Once Rollins? Dana Brooke, they're like, who gives a fuck at this point? <laughs> exactly. With Rollins, at least, with the meltdowns, they got lucky because that shit led to him and Cody at Mania. What if Cody didn't come in? Where would that have gone exactly, you know? So I don't think they're bringing in Britt Baker to face uh, Becky at SummerSlam, so I don't know where they're going with this. But I would have liked Alexa. Alexa really hasn't done a lot since she came back a month or two ago, so I I, I would honestly be in favor of that if they ran that back I, or the rules reversed this I know, time. And, I know they've teased, like, it's kind of been a small thing, like her and Trish, possibly, but I don't know. Maybe that's where it could land to her and Trish at SummerSlam. Maybe. I mean, so, the last time Trish was around, she she got called out by Charlotte for a match at SummerSlam. So you could do something similar. They, I mean, Trish is, honestly, the Charlotte match was great, so I don't want to see Trish wrestle again, but, I mean, it's possible. Yeah, I think she could have a great match. I mean, I think they kind of need to knock that one off, too. Her and Becky, I feel like, would be great. But, honestly, if, if you're going to focus on the current women, I think the her and Alexa would be perfect. Like, that's like a good smack. That's like a good SummerSlam match that doesn't need a title on the line. Like, Becky's obviously so over, and... I think Alexa's, she's heel face, whatever. I feel like she needs some rehabbing, some winning, based off the whole Fiend shit. So, I think she this would be big for her. It's a shame that um they already did her and Lita at Elimination Chamber, because that would be the perfect SummerSlam match. Yeah. Yeah, but like I said, it doesn't really build anything for the future. So no, I, no. I focus on, on Alexa. I mean, if they did her and Trish, I wouldn't hate it. But I, I, I feel like Alexa and her would be perfect at SummerSlam. Yeah, I feel like that'd be a nice little undercard match that doesn't need a championship. I mean, God forbid they did Alexa Bliss and fucking Eva Marie last year at SummerSlam. I remember sitting through that shit. So if we can get that last year, I don't see why we can't get Becky Lynch and Alexa Bliss at SummerSlam this year. Bailey's still waiting in the wings somewhere. We don't know where the fuck she is, but I don't think she factors into this at all. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah. Let's get a Forbidden Door on Sunday, my man. We got the pay-per-view AEW and, and New Japan putting on this joint show on Sunday. We'll get our predictions right now after not talking to AEW last week as we recorded before Dynamite. The build has been incredibly rushed. Uh, I'm looking forward to the show, and I'm looking forward to you seeing all the people that I've seen. I mean, I'm not a avid New Japan watcher, obviously. That, that much is very well documented. But people like Shingo, and I like people like that, and I think you're going to like them too. So let's get into it. Pre-show match announced last night on Dynamite. Max Caster and the Gun Club, including Billy Gunn, all, all three members of Gun Club. I mean, I really couldn't care less about this. But uh, those four men taken on of the New Japan Dojo, Yuya... Umari, I don't know how you pronounce his last name, Alex Coughlin, the DKC, and Kevin Knight. I know you're not familiar with the New Japan Dojo guys, but who do you think's going over here? 
Uh, the Gun Club and and, and uh, they claimed. I mean, they're definitely have been on Tony Khan's booked every week crew. So um, I, I think I think they see a lot in them. I mean, they're two different teams, so I don't really know what the payoff eventually would be. Maybe someone turns on someone, but I mean, I think that I think they're gonna win. I I, I feel like they've been pushed a lot. They've been on on the shows frequent, very frequently. So uh, if you're gonna put the AEW guys over, I I, I could see it here. I'm going to throw you for a loop here and say the New Japan guys, because I feel like New Japan might be want to be like, oh, all right, these guys are our future, and we want to showcase them with a win here. So that's why I'm going to go with them. And then maybe the dissension between Caster and Gun Club. I mean, they've only been up, they've only been together for like a month, but if you break them up, maybe you could turn the acclaimed face because people like him anyway. Yeah, but I think people also like the Ass Boys too, though, so. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah. We'll see. I'd, I'd rather the Acclaim go face because they're already super over, more so than Gun Club, in my opinion. But it's a pairing that works for now. I don't know when Bowens will be back, but just an idea. Uh, where do we even go from there? Zack Sabre Jr. taking on an opponent of Brian Danielson's choosing. So this sucks. Danielson is hurt, and uh, he's got a concussion reportedly. He will not be able to go in this match or in Blood and Guts next week, which we completely forget about because that's coming up on Wednesday when... They tried to build it last night, and it was just a mess. Um, Brian Danielson said his opponent will be, in replacement of Blood and Guts, is going to be the newest member of Blackpool Combat Club. And he really, really, really praised this person. Now, the three names that come to mind are Johnny Gargano, who I don't think it will because they've had no interaction in the last couple of years. He called it a technical masterpiece this match will be. So I don't think about... I don't think Gargano. People have mentioned the Ring of Honor World Champion Jonathan Gresham. He's had a lot of nice things to say about Gresham, and that would be cool, but if they're saving it as a surprise, would people really, like, pop for Gresham? Probably not. I'm thinking it's got to be Cesaro. I mean, I thought he was going back to WWE, and he very well still could, but, I mean, he's close with Cesaro. I've said before, Cesaro would be a perfect member of the Blackpool Combat Club, and if it's Cesaro, I'm thinking he wins. So, uh, who do you think it's going to be, and who do you think goes over? Uh, I mean... By being surprised, I think it's probably going to be Cesaro. I, I hope it's not. I mean, who do you I think? Like, who would you rather it be? I don't know, honestly. Someone like think just like use like I don't know. The problem is, there's other people that they could easily put in the spot. and They're going to add another member of the show. That when they say a new member, I like maybe it's a new Japan guy that we don't fucking think of. I don't. I really don't know, but. I think it's probably going to be Cesaro, which I really don't want. Like I said, they already have plenty of other guys they're not using. If they just put him on the show, like, do they really need another member on their Blackpool Combat Club? Unless Brian's, like, done in the ring. I mean, if he's, like, fucking, his concussions are so bad, he's, like, done, maybe. But if I'm guessing, I would say that's who it is. I mean, I'm fine with it. I mean, I don't. I don't think Cesaro is going to be in the TNT title picture. If he's in a group and it's a group that makes sense, and I'm fine with that. Again, I've said this before. As long as you bring people in that make sense to bring in, they have something to do with them. Then I'm okay with it, um, but we'll see what they have in store. I think the it will be. What'd you say? With what'd you say? You said do. You said you're fine bringing people in, doing something with them, but like he's in the group, and they they will build him up, and maybe he'll team with Moxley or something. Or Mox is going to be the champion, but him and Yuta. I mean, again, it's it's a it's a it's better than just bringing him in on his own if they have no plans for him. I mean, that to me is an issue. Like the Keith Lee thing, I think they were smart to bring him in, but they've done fucking jack shit with him. They put him in a fucking tag team. We talked about this earlier. Yeah, so that's my point. So like people are like, oh, bring him in. They bring Keith Lee, and now he's in a fucking throwaway tag team that no one cares about. Well, yeah, the the difference to me there is that Keith Lee should be doing more. I mean, the guy should be much higher up in the card. I like Cesaro. I'm not even saying he should be world champion. I don't think he should be. Quite honestly, I think if you were, they were to bring him in, they got to figure their fuck. They got to figure their fucking shit out here with this. But put him in the Ring of Honor. I mean, put him in the in the Ring of Honor show whenever that's coming up, and then have him be the world champion over there or something. I think that makes the most sense. Yeah, I mean, if the, if, the, if the Ring of Honor thing's ever going to happen, then yeah. I mean, yeah, point, well, yeah, if, yeah, exactly. That's the at this problem. point, it seems like they're just going to be a part of AEW, and they're just going to use the belts and shit, because, I mean... We don't have enough titles. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the Young Bucks in Bullet Club's El Fantasmo and Hikaleo taking on the Dudes with Attitude, Darby Allen Sting and Los uh, and Gobernables de Japón, Shingo Takagi and Hiromo Takahashi. Those guys are great. I told you that before. Um, this should be a really fun match, I think, despite being random as fuck. Kyle O'Reilly's not even in the match, and that's who's been feeding with Darby Allen, so very weird. Um, I'm thinking Darby Allen's been the ultimate loser lately. This guy needs a fucking win. I mean, it's ridiculous this guy loses as much as he has lately. He needs this win, and I think he will win. 
Yeah, I was going to say, Darby's been eating falls all lately. I think he needs to win here. I mean, that's kind of basically, I don't really, I, I think you said, I think Hikaleo, I think he's been on AEW a handful of times. So, like, I know of him. I mean, I don't think he's anything special. But I think, like you said, this is mostly get the Darby on the show to get him a win because he's lost a lot lately. So, I, I'm fine with that. I mean, the Young Bucks losing, I don't, I don't hate. And they pin the other guys. It's not a big deal. Exactly. Thunder Rosa, Tony Storm for the AEW Women's World Championship. I'm thinking Rosa retains here, but this should be a very good match. Yeah, I mean, if, if Thunder Rosa hadn't had the belt for like a month or two, I, I'd probably be more inclined to uh, to have Tony win here. But with her just getting the belt, it, I don't know. I feel like if, if she beat, like, not Britt, I don't know. Bruce Jim for so long, it's such a big part of the show. I feel like Thunder should have the belt for a while. Um, but, I mean... I, I prefer Tony Storm. I mean, you bring her in, I think you probably should have her win or do something with Porns. I mean, she loses here. I don't think Jade. I think that's kind of set for Athena. So do we? Just, it's. I feel like it screams Ruby Riot 2.0, but mm-hmm. I guess what happens. We'll see, and we'll see where they go from there with her um, in, in defeat, assuming she loses, which I, you know, she probably will. FTR versus United Empire versus Rapungi Vice. Winner-take-all match for the Ring of Honor and IWGP Tag Team titles. This, to me, screams FTR when I mean, they're fucking killing it right now. they got to give them all the championships. Yeah, it's FTR. I mean, they're, they're so over right now. If you're not gonna, Especially when they put the, the AEW belts on the Young Bucks, I don't think they're going to do them anytime soon. I'm lost to do, like, every fucking belt ever made to put on them. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I would say you put on... If you at least the whole Ring of Honor thing is still to me, I just don't really understand. Like, is it going to be a thing? Are they just going to use the belts to like push people? I, I really don't get it. So, if they're going to like have a show, I mean, I think Ring of Honor. If they're going to like push it like what Ring of Honor was before, I mean, FTR is kind of the antithesis of that. Like, just great workers. So, like, that makes sense. But if not, I would still have no one the belts here. So, uh, FTR all the way. I agree. Osprey and Pockets, or should I say Orange Cassidy, IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. Osprey all the way. I mean, if Pockets beats him, a guy might as well retire. <laughs> Not a fan of the opponent. We don't have time to go over do a whole rant on this. But, I mean, I think it should be a good match, but there were far better people you could put Osprey in the ring with from AEW. Oh, easily. I mean, it was rumored it was going to be Andrade. That would have been a lot better. Anyone in the fucking All-Atlantic Championship would have been better. I mean... The hot dog vendor would have been better. I mean, you could have picked plenty of people. I would have been better. You would have been better. I mean, <laughs> as you can tell, I don't like pockets. So. Yeah, yeah, not not a fan of that. But like I said, I should I should still enjoy the match. I think, and, and uh, Osprey's obviously going to win. Uh, Jericho Guevara and Suzuki versus Eddie Kingston, Wheeler Yuta, and Shota Umino. I I forgot how you pronounce his last name, but Shota from New Japan. It really doesn't matter who wins here. I think the heels will win before the baby faces win in blood and guts. So I'm thinking Jericho's team wins. Yeah, I agree. I think, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think you stole my words. The baby <laughs> the heels should win before blood and guts, and blood and guts is Wednesday, if you forgot. Yeah, I mean, I honestly did forget because we got the pay-per-view first. Uh, that was not smart timing. Malachi Black, Miro, Pack, and Tomohiro Ishii for the AEW All-Atlantic Championship. Like I said, not enough titles. Four-way matchup. I think Miro wins here, and I think the match is going to be great. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fun match. You said Miro. I said Miro. You could really have any four of these guys when it would be cool, but I'm thinking Miro because the guy just thrives with the championship around his waist. Yeah. Um, I'm going to... Fuck. See, you said Miro. Like, you ripped it off like... You don't say anything about Mary, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go Malachi Black. Wow. I, I feel like he needs wins and needs to win here. So I'm going to go Malachi Black. Okay, good pick, good pick. Fatal 4-Way for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. This is going to be fucking fire. Adam Cole, Adam Page, current champion Jay White, and Katsuka Okada. 4-Way matchup, this is going to be great. I'm thinking, honestly, Okada wins to get that big title change in the U.S. I know Jay White just won the belt a week ago, but I think they put the belt on him just to set up this match. I think Okada wins the belt back by pinning, like, fucking Adam Cole or something, but I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, uh, like I said, I don't know enough about... Uh, the only time I saw Okada was in the TNA, and it was terrible. So I'm excited. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I don't know, like... I don't, I feel like you wouldn't just put the belt on just to lose a right away. Like, he doesn't want it, but... They don't typically do that sort of thing either, but I'm, I'm going out on a lemon saying Okada wins. 
Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, for them, you could have him beat, like, Cole or something, and then technically White didn't lose, and then he could blame them, and yada, yada, yada. I think we'll see more Jay White in AEW as it is, so. Hopefully. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'll I go with you. I'll see Okada wins, and he pins uh, Adam Cole. All right, very nice. John Moxley, Tanahashi with AEW Interim World Championship. Makes the most sense of the Moxley win here. I would have Tanahashi win if he was sticking around. I don't think he is. Moxley feels like a foregone conclusion in this one. Balling plumber all the way. <laughs> no doubt about that outcome. Mr. Marceau? I, I, I don't think you're going to put the belt on Tanahashi because I don't think he's going to stay long-term. Oh, you would put the belt on Tanahashi? If he's going to stay long-term, yeah. I would. But, I mean, I don't think that's happening. I think he's going to go back to Japan, so yeah. we'll, we'll get Moxley again. Yeah, I don't think so either, especially with G1 Climax coming up. I don't think Tanahashi's sticking around, which is a shame. But uh, no, I think I would prefer him as champion. Mox has already had his reign, but... You know, it's not that big of a deal. Moxley for a two-time champion, I'm not complaining. Uh, that's Forbidden Door in a nutshell, Mr. Marceau. I look forward to breaking down the show with you next week here on the show. Until then, have an awesome week, brother. I'll catch you soon. Later.